This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine. But they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. The Biden-Harris campaign joined TikTok over the weekend. The first video was released during the Super Bowl, and it shows President Biden answering questions related to the big game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I'm just a great chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. How do you go on TikTok and end up looking older? So there you got John Stewart saying that the TikTok Super Bowl ad that that Joe Biden did makes him look older. Did you see the video? I've heard it. I haven't seen it. Brad, were you able to see the TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Is he right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me paint this picture for you. Imagine Joe Biden standing in your grandparents' living room. Okay. With khaki pants on, some sort of like fleece, fleece quarter zip with his hands in his pockets, uh, a full view of him. So you can see like from his feet to, to the top of his head and a little bit of the, the ceiling as well. And he's just kind of looking at you like Grandpa would, kind of lean back, hands in pockets. Answering questions that like your grandchild is asking him. Can he? Is there a way for them to take old Joe Biden and make him make it? Because this is what politics is: you take your negatives, you turn them into po- positives with really good marketing. Well, let me ask you: 
are you talking about old Joe Biden as in former Joe Biden, like the the old version of Joe Biden? No, nobody. Or this is, nobody. Old Joe Biden. This one. In the context of the news cycle okay. of the last three years, which so, one do you think? So you're using the current version of Joe Biden, who is old, and tr- and saying he's old. I, I think you're right. I think you identified it. You're starting to see him do this. Just embracing that he's old and making jokes about his memory. He's not going to change people's mind on the age thing. No, he's not. He can't. He cannot. You got to ask yourself, what battlefield can I even compete on? Not even necessarily win on, but if the main issue that the people on the right are going to make about Joe Biden, which is the wrong issue, I might add, is his age. This is why he can win Potentially, he can compete on the age question. He cannot compete on the acuity question. It can't be about age. It needs to be about his ability to do the job, his acuity, which is the word that people keep using. And, you know, I kind of blame Nikki Haley for making it more about age when she came out and said she thinks people should age out of being able to be the president. And she did it in a way that kind of pushes on Trump, too. So that was an a, that was a, that was a self-serving, which is what politics is, mm-hmm. a self-serving way of combating against both Trump and Biden. Because if it's age, then it's age. That is a very definitive number. Until we can be trans age, age is that is a number that you cannot lie about or fight against. It should be about acuity. It should always be about his ability to do the job, and he is not in a position to do that. His turn on this, though, his pivot has been very, very fast because that report came out on Thursday, the special counsel report that called him a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. He immediately wanted to respond to that, and he Uh did so with with some anger, it seemed, that he was mad that anybody could even bring up that idea. Well, apparently this weekend they had some meetings because what he's been doing ever since then is been joking and saying, oh, well, I well, mean. Maybe that's because at the press conference, he came out and yelled at people to get off his lawn. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he really did. And it failed miserably. So I think the only way he, he is charming, although he, the older he gets, the more he's actually even losing that. He's not able to really land the jokes the same should way. Should have handed Werther's out to the press. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, seriously, kind of seriously, think about it. Yeah. Think about him walking out and just going one by one person and handing out hard candies mm-hmm. that are open from his pocket. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, and, and not hey calling kids. him Werther's either, calling him a butterscotch. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> I don't Let's, think Werther's are butterscotch, though. Those are different candies. Yeah, but he's got to call it a butterscotch. I don't care if a it's a different candy. Okay. you got to say butterscotch. Man, I don't know if he can switch. Like, this is the right move. It's the right play. It's the right attempt. I don't know if uh, we're able to do that, but I don't think that he's... Uh, Able to. I, wonder, I think he's going to come off angry. I want to feature one of these comments here on the YouTube Live. It says, the age thing obviously cuts both ways when Trump accidentally says he's running against Obama every time he's on stage. Folks, when Trump says that, he's saying what he's saying. <laughs> and people people are, are thinking that they're going to get away with the possibility that it is some sort of slip up when everybody knows what that means. Now, I think it's not impossible to slip up between the two and say Obama and Biden, because in mm-hmm. many ways, in our minds, they're interchangeable. 
Joe Biden repeatedly is saying he's talking to dead world leaders. <laughs> <laughs> In one week, like three times. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I question the mental acuity of the people who are like Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the same. Yeah. Like, I think you're in the <laughs> which would be whispers on your business on your bingo card uh the president is speaking now from the white house of course and we are carrying that live here get your bingo cards out let's listen to what the president has to say away the statement to be very blunt about it not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement earlier this morning the united states senate as you all know voted overwhelmingly by a margin of 70 to 29 to move forward with the bipartisan national security bill now, now it moves to the House. And I urge Speaker Johnson to bring it to the floor immediately, immediately. There's no question that if the Senate bill was put on the floor in the House of Representatives, it would pass. It would pass. And the Speaker knows that. So I call on the Speaker to let the full House speak its mind and not allow a minority of most extreme voices in the House to block this bill even from being voted on, even from being voted on. This is a critical act for the House to move. It needs to move. The bill provides urgent funding for Ukraine so it can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious, vicious onslaught. We've all seen the terrible stories in recent weeks. Ukrainian soldiers out of artillery shells, Ukrainian units rationing rounds of ammunition to defend themselves, Ukrainian families worried that the next Russian strike will permanently plunge them into darkness or worse. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. And America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone, and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. Remember, the United States pulled together a coalition of nearly 50 nations to support Ukraine. We unified NATO, expanded it. We can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. He's, he just flatly said that. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. As I've said before, the stakes in this fight extend far beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. And the cost for America and our allies and partners are going to rise. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. I want to be clear about something, because I know it's important to the American people. While this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine, it spends the money right here in the United States of America, places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built, in Alabama, where the Javelin missiles are built, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas, where artillery shells are made. And the way it works is we supply Ukraine with military equipment from our stockpiles. And then we spend our money replenishing those stockpiles so our military has access to them. Stockpiles that are made right here in America by American workers. That not only supports American jobs and American communities, it allows us to invest in maintaining and strengthening our own defense manufacturing capacity. Look, this bill meets our national security priorities in the Middle East as well and includes greater support 
for our troops serving in the region, who continue to defend against mil militia attacks backed by Iran. It also provides Israel with the, what it needs to protect its people against a terrorist group like Hamas and Hezbollah and others. And it will provide life-saving humanitarian aid to the Palestinian people who desperately need food, water, and shelter. They need help. And finally, this bill includes critical funding for our national security priorities in Asia. Because even as we focus on the conflicts in Gaza and Ukraine, we must not take our eye off our national security challenges in the Pacific. It's the responsibility of a great nation, and we are a great nation that the rest of the world looks to. And I mean that. The rest of the world looks to us. The stakes were already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. And NATO is a sacred commitment. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. He sees a protection racket. He doesn't understand that NATO is built on fundamental principles of freedom, security, and national sovereignty. Because for Trump, principles never matter. Everything is transactional. He doesn't understand that the sacred commitment we've given works for us as well. In fact, I would remind Trump and all those who would walk away from NATO, Article 5 has only been invoked once, just once in our NATO history. And it was done to stand with America after we were attacked on 9-11. We should never forget it. You know, our adversaries have long sought to create cracks in the alliance. The greatest hope of all those who wish America harm is for NATO to fall apart. And you can be sure that they all cheered when they heard Donald Trump and heard what he said. I know this. I will not walk away. I can't imagine any other president walking away. For as long as I'm president, if Putin attacks a NATO ally, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory. Let me close with this. <clears throat> You've heard me say this before. Our nation stands at an inflection point, an inflection point in history, where the decisions we make now are going to determine the course of our future for decades to come. This is one of those moments. And I say to the House members, House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? You're going to stand with Ukraine? You're going to stand with Putin? Will we stand with America or with Trump? Republicans and Democrats in the Senate came together to send a message of unity to the world. It's time for the House Republicans to do the same thing to pass this bill immediately, to 
stand for decency, stand for democracy, to stand up to a so-called leader hell-bent on weakening American security. And I mean it sincerely. History is watching. History is watching. In moments like this, we have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America. The world is looking to us. There's nothing beyond our capacity when we act together. In this case, acting together includes acting with our NATO allies. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. Sir, when Trump said that, sir, what did Putin hear? What's plan B if the speaker doesn't act? Sir, the Are you saying none of us won? Are you saying America lost? No, I'm saying vote freaking no. No, 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 no. Anywho. I got four. I did. For a written speech, including, I, that doesn't include the middle spot. I got four yeah. also. Well, yeah, I got four not including the middle spot. Yeah. End of quote. Be clear. I mean it. And Trump. I got end of quote. The only one different is look. Yeah, I have look. I didn't, I didn't, have, I didn't have Trump. We played Biden bingo. Yeah. And um, we're going to. Kind of, I'm. We're gonna play this, like in our studio. We sent the link out on the mm-hmm. Any Fry YouTube channel. If you didn't uh, get there, come play with us some other time. He said he's gonna come back and answer questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna leave my bingo card open <laughs> in case that happens before three o'clock. The, it starts popping when he's not on script, <laughs> and he stayed on script. And yeah, there's still four of them. But I, uh, uh, yeah, Biden bingo. That was a, a ridiculous speech. Half of that speech was about Trump. You're about you're trying to pass a, a spending bill in Ukraine. You've been the president for three years, and it's basically half of a campaign speech. Okay, yeah. it's um, I, I don't. It it bothers me. It makes me angry. But at the same time, like, what would I expect him to come out and say? Well, I expected him to come out and try to pressure Johnson, Speaker Johnson, in the House to pass the spending bill that the Senate passed. He did that somewhat. It's and that's the first really, thing he said. And that's really what I expected him to do. That's what you would figure that speech yeah. is for. That makes sense. But you're talking, uh, how, do you, how do you be the president of the United States of America and come out and shame your political opponents for any seconds that they delay passing a bill that doesn't protect the United States of America on the southern border. I'm open to a conversation where we are continuing to support Ukraine and their right to exist in their country. I'm open to that conversation, but I trust nobody who's spending that money. I trust nobody who is signing over that money to support Ukraine. I just don't trust the system. It doesn't mean inherently that the end result being tax dollars from United States citizens going into Ukraine to push back on Putin, uh, that that is somehow or another intrinsically inherently wrong but you're not making the case you haven't made the evidentiary case to me yet that i'm supposed to just willfully blindly go yeah more of that but you know what is being made the case to me every day without any participation from the people who are in charge of government right now that our southern border is wide open that fentanyl is killing our children that people are coming here and taking the funds away from people just like in the city of chicago where you have the mayor of chicago mayor johnson saying it is the soul of chicago to take 17 million dollars of taxpayer funds and use it to feed the illegal immigrants who are coming to the city that you made a sanctuary city within the sanctuary state, and you're okay with it because it's being the money is being funneled through black-owned businesses. Give the money to black-owned communities or black black uh, 
inhabited communities in the city of Chicago who are begging for your attention. Gosh, the virtue signaling is disgusting. It's oozy. It's sticky. It's drippy. And it's all over the blue cities all over this this country. It's on the blue states of this country. And it's on the president of the United States. And all he wants you to know is that you have one choice. And it is between Donald Trump and America. The American people aren't buying that. They know. And Joe Biden, you're, you've, you've jumped the shark here quite a bit. Yeah. And he said that at the end of that speech. Did you notice in the same, I think it would have been the same paragraph if you were transcribing it. He says, we need to send a message of unity here. Then immediately says, you either stand with Ukraine or you stand with Putin. You either stand with America or you stand with Trump. You just said we need to send a message of unity, and then you did the exact opposite. Well, unity is always, this is what we're going to do. It You're going to join us, or we're going to isolate you. Yeah, yeah. It's unity with us, or there is no unity. Yes, which is not <laughs> unity. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk to Ted Dabrowski of the Illinois Policy Institute to talk about education in the state of Illinois, how it is drastically failing. We'll talk to Ted when we come back. To- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I have shocking numbers to show just how much some Illinois students are struggling. The state's report card found that 66 schools have zero proficient students in math. 31 have zero proficient students in English language arts. And 29 of those schools have zero proficient students in either subject. So there's a Fox News Channel report on Illinois' report card when it comes to education. And I wanted to get my friend and expert on here, uh, president of WirePoints. You go to wirepoints.org and you can learn more about Ted Dabrowski coming back here on the Annie Fry Show. Ted, thank you for being here. It's, it's good to have you back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Now, this report is damning for the education system in the state of Illinois. Maybe you can give us a little more detail on what was discovered from the 2023 report card. Sure. Well, the, well, the backdrop is, and we've been doing lots of work on this at WirePoints, how, how you know, you've, you've got a really, really bad record of, of kids being able to read uh, across the entire state. 
of the 1.85 million kids in Illinois can't read at grade level. That's, That's one. We have shot. Sorry. Sorry. 1.2 million kids that can't read at grade level. That's a starting point. You know, what do you, so if they can't read at grade level and they're going up in eighth grade or into, into the high school, do we just graduate them? Do they just go out? Yeah. We, th- that, that's the whole thing is, you know, we've got, uh, you know, record graduation rates. And this is, this is the, the, the part that really is frustrating is that we're highlighting how bad these numbers are. And yet Governor Pritzker and, and Mayor Johnson in Chicago, they love to brag about record graduation rates for, 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 uh, for the minorities. So they're graduating, you know, 85 percent of these kids. And the overwhelming majority can't read a grade level on the SAT or do math on the SAT proficiently. So they're just they're just pumping them through the system and getting them out. And that's that's what's sad. So jump over to, to, to this recent work we did. We did this last year. And, it you know, interestingly enough, got lots of attention last year and even last week from Elon Musk and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Jordan Peterson, is that you've got these schools, entire schools where, where nobody can read. Yeah. Nobody can do math. And, and so that tells you that you've got a situation where nobody seems to care. Um, and yet the graduation rate at these schools are 70 percent. That's outrageous. Ted Dabrowski with us right now, the president of Wire Points, to talk about this really, really sad and tragic report card that came out about the education system in the state of Illinois. So uh, we, we discussed this a little bit earlier. A lot of times what politicians do to solve the problem is they throw money at it and they hope that the problem gets better. In the state of Illinois, when identifying the problems that exist in schools across the state, where do the people in charge, which is a super majority of Democrats, where are they putting their money right now to solve these types of problems? Well, I don't think they do a whole lot to solve this problem at all. Um, the uh, you know the education system doesn't work, as I just said. Uh, we spend on average when you when you include all spending, state, federal, and local, we're spending twenty four thousand dollars a kid across the, the across the state on education, which is a massive amount of money. In Chicago, it's almost thirty thousand a kid. And yet, you know, most of these kids can't read. It's really a system now. It's more like a jobs program for for the teachers and uh, kind of a, you know, a taking care of kids during the day program for, for a lot of them. And, and uh, that's what it is. And that's why I say when they when they just push them through the system and graduate them, nobody seems to care anymore. They don't know what to do anymore. So what they do is they hype up graduation rates and things like that. Ted Dabrowski with us right now. He's the president of WirePoints. Uh, you know, I have to ask myself, I have to look at this, like, obviously there's a problem. Uh, 67 Illinois schools were not a single student tested proficient in math. 32 schools were zero students t- tested proficient in reading um, a 70 percent graduation right, rate. And I'm looking at myself, OK, we know what the problem is. The kids haven't learned what they need to learn. They're not adequately educated. Is the problem with the teachers? Because in Illinois, the teachers are... Uh, the teachers union is very strong. It's very influential. They have a lot of attention. Is it with the educators? Is it with the system? Where do we where do we solve this problem? Yeah. So so Annie, of course, all those you mentioned are part of the problem, and parents are part of the problem too. There's a lot of disengaged parents. A lot of parents that just don't really engage in what they're doing with their, with their kids and how they're doing in school. Uh, and, and so there's two problems. One is. The family breakdown, you've got a lot of single parents, especially when we talk about minorities in, in the tough cities, uh, whether they be you know Decatur or East St. Louis or, or Chicago in the inner city. Um, so the parent structure, the family structure is a big, big deal. And we don't talk about that. You know, they, you know, they say it's racist to talk about that. But, you know, we, we need to talk about the family structure. Um, but aside from that, right, and that's a big problem. But aside from that, 
my problem is with the system because the system gladly takes all this money, right? They, they, we have the second highest property taxes in the country to pay for most of the education. Some of it comes from income taxes. And the system, right, the superintendents, the unions, the administrators, they will take all the money that comes to them. But in the end, they, they'll, they'll just move the kids through, as I said. A lot of them can't read, and they'll say, well, it's parents' fault. Mm. And, um, you know, this, there's a lot of big pensions, as we've talked about in the past, a lot of big salaries. Um, it's, it's the system overall. I don't even blame teachers anymore because I'm sure there's a lot of great ones yes. for sure. Uh, there's a lot who probably shouldn't be teaching or a lot of them who need more training. Uh, but, it, you know, if you're a teacher that cares and you're in one of these schools, I'm not sure what you do because, right, the, the rules are get them through, pass them on, right? There, there's no holding back kids in these schools. Um, you know, you've got some states, Indiana's looking at the law, Florida already does it, where they hold back kids in the third grade if they can't read a grade level. And think about that. That's a big deal. If a kid can't read in the third grade and moves on, they're going to fail at science and, and yes. everything else, history that comes on. So in Florida, they're saying, look, if the kid can't read, we're going to hold him back. Everybody's going to get together, teachers, parents, volunteers, you know, companies, whoever wants to help. We're going to make sure that kid reads before he or she has moved to the next grade. You know, so at least you're trying to do something there. But here in Illinois, just move them through. Yeah, you know, I, I think that the solution probably lies with teachers. And teachers are so hamstrung with their hands tied so much because of all of the, the emphasis uh, on on things that don't have to do with education, making sure that the school looks on on a, a sheet of paper, on a, on a graph, like they're not failing the students. If the expectations aren't there for a child that you need to adequately get to this level in order to pass, and it makes the school look as though the school is failing, and then they change the standards so that they can just continue to move these kids on, so that on a, on a sheet of paper... It doesn't look like the teachers are failing. I mean, there are so many teachers who I have spoken to personally that are in the system that I've talked to when I've uh, you know, been with maybe politicians who are trying to make a change and a difference in the state of Illinois. What ends up happening is that the teachers are not in a position to challenge these students with grades even at some point, And the kids just get passed from school to school or from, from class to class. And they get left behind. And it's such a tragedy because the priority here is not the student. And it's there in the numbers. And, Ted, you said that there was an unsavory report that came out last year. I mean, it's getting worse. The problem isn't even getting better. And the problem isn't a new one. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've moved a year away from COVID. So, in theory, uh, the numbers should have gotten better. But we have more schools that, like the ones we're describing this year than last year. Um, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, the, the bar has been lowered so much. Uh, and, and if you're a teacher and you want to you want to take on the system, what do you do? Right. I mean, what, are you, gonna, you can't fail all your kids because then you're going to look weird. Um, right. You can't hold them back because that's not done. Uh, and and it make the school look bad. So, you know, this is why you have these super high graduation rates. Mm, yeah. And right. It's, this it's... is this is their way of, of, of uh, handling the, the problem. And, and not only that. Annie, but if you look at the teacher evaluations, they're very high in the whole state. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of CPS schools where, where kids can't read, the teacher evaluations are in the 90 percent, 100 percent, where for excellent or proficient. Uh, and the schools, this is the other part of the system, you know, they, they don't tell the truth to the parents either. They call these schools commendable. Many of these schools on this list here that where the kids can't read are called commendable. And, uh, you know, commendable means deserving praise. It's the second highest uh, valuation of schools in Illinois, it's it's an absurdity. Mm. 
Well, we appreciate you and, and Wire Points as well for making sure that this issue doesn't get overlooked. It is a, a very important story for the, our children that are in the state of Illinois. And Wire Points is doing a wonderful job to make sure that people have the real data to identify what the problem is to hopefully start to push towards a solution. So, Ted Dabrowski, thank you for being here today to talk hey, about it. Annie, can, can I add one thing? You sure can. Yeah, you know, this is why school choice is so important. You know, it's, it's not the silver bullet to fix this, this but, uh, you know, in Illinois, our legislators just killed school choice. We had this Investing Kids Act where kids could go to private schools with, um, uh, with scholarship money. Um, that's what we need to bring back because what we need is alternative, especially if you're trapped in one of these schools. You should be able to say, hey, I want a voucher of some kind to go to another school. Uh, so the, the real pressure belongs on our legislators to create more accountability, allow school choice, and therefore to, to you know, change things a little bit because right now we're stuck in a, in, stuck in a bad hole. Yeah, you were you were 100 percent correct on that. And I couldn't be a stronger proponent of that school choice. Ted Dabrowski, thank you for being with us here today. We appreciate thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. He's the president of WirePoints, WirePoints.org. Learn about this study because it is a very, very tragic truth. It's real. And these children get passed from grade to grade, handed off to the next person and just get further behind and further behind. How's that going to set that kid up? For success in the future. It certainly doesn't. We are failing these kids by passing them. Let's take a quick break. Uh, more on the Annie Fry Show when we come back. The YouTube live chat poll. Is it important for uh, is it important to impeach Mayorkas? Yes or no? I want to know what you think on the Annie Fry YouTube channel. You can leave a comment too after you vote if you so choose. Christopher said, I voted no, but I think it's a it's yes now. Get it all out in a trial, make it known exactly what worked without spending for Trump and what this executive branch did without Congress to unravel what worked. What do you think? Annie Fry YouTube channel, vote in the poll. It's in the live chat portion. Leave a comment. We'll be back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Probably. I'm trying to think of a song. Don't turn that down yet. I'm not done with it. <laughs> that, sorry. You better play that whole song, though. That bring me back to this part of my youth. And in my mind, it's like another planet. The way that we grew up, I'm thinking about being at Vogie Field with my dad's fast pitch softball team on a Tuesday night in the summer. And the adults would, you know, the men were on a fast-pitch softball team. The the wives were on a fast-pitch softball team. How fast-pitch? 90s. <laughs> Wait, they're throwing in the 90s? Or this was in the 90s? <laughs> how fast? How fast are they throwing these pitches? 90, 95. No way. Yeah, it was intense back then. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's pitch hey, speed inflation. They were gamers. Um, they took it very seriously. And all of us kids, when the game started, we just did whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. We walked around the neighborhood. We left. This isn't an indictment on my parents because all the parents are like this. But they just assumed we'd be there when the game was over. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I grew up on a softball field, too. I remember behind the third base dugout, mm -hmm. they had a big pile of dirt. 
And yes! from the age I was like the dirt pile. Four. Yeah, we all went and played on the dirt pile, but you had to be careful because foul balls would land there. Yes. Dude, was this the same fields we all no, were no, on? Because no, no, I had no. a dirt pile too. They all had the dirt pile. That's where the when they drug the field, that's where it stopped. Oh. They okay. just dumped it there and it made a pile and me and the other kids would do that. And then whenever the games were over, we'd all go out and run the bases. You get a quarter, you get three Laffy Taffies for a quarter. Yeah, I remember that. I also remember that was the first time I ever get well, I got a lot of baseball cards at the at the concession stand there. They were fifty cents for a pack of score ninety one. Oh, I, I didn't even have baseball baseball cards. Ooh, did you guys have the slush puppies? Yes. Slush puppies were Slushies, great. Slushies, a cherry slushy or a mix, like a rainbow slushy, which was in no way rainbow, it was brown. Get you a thing of big league chew or or what was it, bubble tape? Bubble tape. Bubble tape was what we did. Pink or grape. Yeah. I was never into gum, but I can tell you what, frozen Snickers they had. Oh, yeah. Yes. You put the, At the candy bars stand. in the freezer. Oh, man. I don't know what it was. I think it was because it was so hot that when you got a frozen Snickers in the middle of summer like that, Within two minutes, it was already starting to soften up a little bit. And, and that was Snickers perfect. was bigger than the Snickers today. Oh, yes, it was. Yes. According to Ryan. Yes, it was. That's what. That's actually part was, of my memory. Was the Snickers bigger or were you just smaller? It was both. <laughs> He's like, this thing filled up my whole hand. In no. my mind, this is how big Ryan was when he was eight with that same beard. I just imagined it. <laughs> I imagined him smaller body, same size head. Yeah, we yeah. used to run around. Like a cartoon. We were all playing stickball. We'd run around. We'd get some frozen Snickers. Climb up on the dirt pile. Where are you from? <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn, Illinois. Brooklyn, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> the story just got <laughs> took a turn. I mean, it was depression, recession era is no, what it was. No, it was great. It was recession era, the great recession. And uh, <clears throat> we were just running around, you know, again, like a, a, somebody would run by pushing a, a wheel with a stick. You know, that's that's just all we had. Uh, I had a little Mario watch for a little while, too, uh, but that doesn't really factor in the story. I just thought it was cool. I was going to say 80s, and it's like I just checked. It's from 1987, and that song was so huge. Tiffany was like a phenom Mm -hmm. in the 80s at the mall. Mm -hmm. She would go play malls, and it was wild. Man, I wish malls would come back. I like malls. Listen to, like, think about the comparison to what you can remember. Do you remember Tiffany? Yeah. Like, the fact that you remember Tiffany, you would have been like six or seven years old. Yeah. How old, what year are you born? 81. And do you remember Tiffany? Do you remember uh, I Think We're Alone Now? I remember the song. I remember my cousins listening to it. She was she was the star. And and she, you know, she was doing malls all over the country. You know, she I guess she I guess Madonna would probably be more of the like Taylor Swift comparison today. Because Madonna was huge mm-hmm. in the 80s. Like Madonna, Michael Jackson. I don't think there was a bigger female singer. I don't. There wasn't a bigger male singer. Yeah, Tiffany was big for one year. And song. If one that. song. Yeah. She did the mall tour. That was a big deal. But it was huge. Gosh. I just think of those, like, it's, I can, if I go back to the 80s and the 90s, in my mind, time is moving slower. The sun is shining and it's warmer. And it's probably not now because of global warming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much warmer now. We're closer to the sun or something. Yeah, the polar bells are, are dead. We, when I think <laughs> the polar bells, man, the polar bells are it's a tragedy. That's why you don't see them anymore. Yeah, the polar dancing. bells are gone. Remember back when we were kids, all the polar bells? <laughs> They're everywhere. That must have been before I was born when yeah. you were young. Yeah. Early eighties. <laughs> polar bells. Early eighties. Um, the playground that we had was four tires that were in the ground that you could crawl inside in like a yeah. balance beam no fence around it 
Now there's like a, I don't know if the, the playground is still there, but there's like a fence around it. Then they're like, we should put a net on top of that. So when the foul ball is hit by your dad, go into the playground. <laughs> it doesn't give you a concussion. Not in the 80s. Mm-mm. You just learn your yeah. lesson. <laughs> at real baseball games, too. They got nets up everywhere at real baseball games now. Well, that's a little different. I know, but it, was the, it wasn't like that in the 80s. You no. just get hit right in the face. <laughs> And you, you were been glad looking. to have that's a what, ball. That's what our parents said in the 80s. You should have been looking. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when somebody else heads up, you tried to locate the ball. Yep. And you just hoped, man, I hope that wasn't Jack Clark at back because that was going to be a real zinger right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days. Let's go back. I can't even imagine in my mind turning my kids loose for two hours and having no freaking clue where they were running in the neighborhood or like playing literally on the train tracks. Mm-hmm. A different time. Oh, dedications. When we come back, big things happening tomorrow. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 